the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New Gen on a Mission podcast on the North-South Connection. It's Oslanka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, on a journey to relive the New Generation era to find the best and some of the worst of the wrestling time period often forgotten. From Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 92 to Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 97, look beyond just the pay-per-views and examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. How are you doing, JP? Pretty good, man. Just chilling. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We're able to record, uh, and we won't have blackouts for uh, the Bulls championship run. So that's been uh, no. <laughs> excited. Oh, God. Um, I just yeah, I, I, that was just a shit way to go out too. Yeah, I mean, it started in like I don't know February, where it's just like this slow decline. Like we were first, you yeah. know, all through November, all through December, looking okay, like this team could have something, and then right. we just could not beat a good team, and it was just. I said so, and then all the guys out today because of COVID, and my buddy at work was like, well, imagine if this, the series was 2-2. I'm like, what are you talking about, 2-2? We're lucky we got even one. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're of... just too soft, man. They're just, they're just yeah. I don't know. They need, they need somebody that can protect the rim, get Vooch out of there. and you know, Yeah. Just, uh, it was just looked so good in the beginning, and then once Lonzo Ball went out, it's like, all right, we're done. Yeah, and uh, Caruso, too. You know, the injury kind of yep. set them back, and I just – you know, I don't. I don't know the team was really meant to gel together that well either. Like it's kind of a random mm-hmm. hodgepodge of people, like right. kind of flowing together. Yeah, well, so. when you when the NBA is like, well, the NBA is like a three point shooting league, and then you sign all these guys that shoot mid range. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't set up for success, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, should we get on to wrestling? Um, yes, or, well, but I, I will plug before we get started. I think uh, once again. Any thoughts on the draft before before we go into? Because uh, I think you're going to be the post draft yeah. expert, but I want to get your feedback before. So uh. yeah, so so by the time people hear this, uh, me and Marcus will have an episode covering the, a recap of the the first round of the draft. And uh, speaking of sports failures, our Bears do not have a first round pick. So I mean, I guess you can count as a tra- as a tradition. As a yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just keeping up with tradition, you know, new, new GM, but you know, we're gonna carry on that tradition. Um, I'm hoping they get a receiver, at least one in the second round. But I don't know. Like, like I'm looking at like this this year's draft is is really like, um, you know, the past few years have been like you can kind of call who the first couple picks are because it's been quarterback heavy, and yeah. now with with you know, like these guys that are coming out are not first round quarterbacks. None of them are. No, no, they're going to go in the first round. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you know, it's it's defensive line, it's it's corner, it's tackle. It's like the boring draft, but it's like the the draft that builds teams that the it. right way. And, and yeah, and, and people are going to reach on the quarterbacks. You know, Carolina probably reach for one. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, I could see it happening where people are just going to instantly regret taking these guys in the first round, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's like it's either you take a quarterback or you get Mike Clennon. You know, it's yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you almost have to do it these days. But yeah, you know. it's just it's just yeah, your fan base, right, to like appease them. But right, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely one of the lo- more low key uh, um, drafts. I think in history, I think yeah, star power wise, star power wise, right. and the two teams that went to the championship. 
I mean, our great teams, Alabama and Georgia, but neither were, like, loaded with these, like, all-stars, right? Like, Alabama in prior years has had, you know, superstar players. I think right. I feel like neither of them kind of had that, right? And and so you kind of get, uh, you know, tepid, tepid draft. And I also think, right, just sports is back. In general, there's just so much going on, right, with mm-hmm. the NBA, the, the family, hockey's going to start up soon, the marriage madness yeah. was great. Like, you know, the past couple of years with COVID and stuff, the draft's kind of been like, uh, you know, only show in town and it's just right. like man there's just so much going on with sport uh, baseballs back i mean just so much going on right now which is always fun in the spring but uh, i feel like this year it's really taking a back seats yeah and, and i think the quarterback thing hurts that the most like i think yeah like, oh know, yeah malik willis being from liberty and you know transfer from auburn and, and Pickett, who i think is gonna suck but uh, a lot of people are kind of high on him. Like, like when when all the evaluations of these guys are like compared to like second round guys like Andy Dalton right. and players like that, you just know like it just automatically tells the fans like, okay, there's no stars, there's no, you know, but still tune in. Make sure you watch Aiden Hutchinson get picked first or something. You know, it's just it, I don't know. It, it's kind of a flat draft, but I, I'm a sucker for like team building and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm still fully invested in it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, people have been talking to the Bears, make some trades, get some first round picks. I'm like, yeah, you, I know you build your draft through the first round or your team through the first round, but like, you could also do good in the second round. You can build oh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of talent in the second round. Yeah, um, I think it's harder once you get further on that. But right. All right. Uh, so let's move on to some pro wrestling, the real sport. The real uh, sport, exactly. The, the one that won't real, let us down. The one that never lets us down. So, uh, you know, great uh, great talking last time on King of the Ring. And now we're going to move on to uh, two Raws and two superstars um, on, on, on after the King of the Ring. So uh, <clears throat> we'll start on a taped um, taped Raw from um, June 6th. Or June, the, the airing is June 14th, but the taping was live on June 7th, so before the King of the Ring. Uh, this has been common of every pay-per-view, and I think it's the traveling thing, right? Like, they, they got all the guys mm-hmm. in uh, Ohio. They probably can't get – they probably can't, can't get back to New York in the same day. So right now they're not risking it. Um, and just having it be taped afterwards, which leads to maybe a little bit dry, but obviously the commentary feeding in um, is is peppered with stuff that happened at the King of the Ring. So uh, right. we'll go on. So the episode starts with a uh, highlight of King of the of Yoko, King of the Ring, Yokozuna winning. And, and then um, they have an interview with him, Mr. Fuji. Uh, again, Mr. Fuji, rough throughout these these four episodes, uh, but says they want to have a celebration on America's birthday on the Fourth of July, a big celebration to to celebrate Yoko's uh, title win. So that's how we kick it off, and then we go to our first match, which is uh, L.A. Gore with his super curly mullets versus uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Perfect. So a good guy to bring up to start off the new uh, you know new episode. Uh, crowd big pop right, perfect. I thought. Um, Basic squash match wins on a perfect plex, really quick. Uh, but I thought the crowd was super into it. Probably you know, like I think they do like a a cheesy fake entrance or fake uh, like we're live again thing. So the crowd's mm-hmm. really into this match to begin with. Uh, but it did give them time to talk about uh, the King of the Ring. So they kind of ran down that Hogan's no longer champion. Bret Hart won, but there was something happening with Jerry Lawler afterwards. So I thought a good opening match and you know, like the first five minutes, like as a kid, I had to love this. Like, oh man, they're giving me insight into what happened in the pay per view, even though I didn't watch it. So uh, I don't know if you have anything to add on, on the first match. Yeah, yeah, I just I just, I like what you said about them, like getting you excited about everything, recapping it, and 
I never looked to see like which episodes are taped or anything, and okay. I can tell like once you said it was taped, I'm like, okay, that's why certain things came off the way they did. Yeah, and you know, but in hindsight, like they did a good job of kind of playing it up, like you said, you know, perfect here, like it's not like anything to write home about. But I like how they did, they kind of did the the finish or the flare match with the he's going for like the backdrop and perfect catches him in the perfect flex. So at least they went with like something that wasn't just a normal you know one two three kind of finish to kind of keep the crowd into it a little bit. So agreed. And yeah. I mean I don't know if you remember after WrestleMania it was like Bob Backlund and Damian Demento. So at least like these are guys that are around right like perfect. They're going to talk about perfect doing right. like, the people in this episode are at least like. There, the last time it was after WrestleMania, I was like, man, these are just bums. So I think this this episode was structured a lot better, even though it wasn't, uh, you know, live. I think that's I think that's the thing going forward too. Is like, you know, focus on the guys that you're using or that have been played on in the events, not like like you said, like, like Backlund or somebody like that. Who you could put them in in regular squashes, but not is your like lead in and I think you know what you said is perfect with this like it just you know it, it, if you're you know if you watch the pay-per-view and you saw perfect and Brett have this like great match and now you see perfect come out and realize like he's just not he's not been pushed down the card or anything so you know it, it just works for me I like it good all right so with these? uh with that yeah we get a uh, razor um in the ring with Vince for an interview he's got a bag of money and uh, the crowd is real, like, um, hype for one, two, three kid. Like, they're doing a really oh, good yeah. job building him. Like, you keep hearing the one, two, three chants, and, you know, they're playing him off as this, like, you know, up-and-comer, underdog. And I think that's always been, like, a a, a a good way to get the crowd behind somebody is to hype them up as, like, an underdog with, like, no chance. You know, like, they've, WWF has done that throughout the years pretty well. <clears throat> but Ra- Razor finally offers 10000 this time, and... Um, kid's gonna go for it. So I think they did a very good job of like building this up is you know, Razor's desperate and he just really wants to get a hold of kids, so he just offers up more money and, and we're gonna we're gonna be off and running with this one. Yeah, that was a, I thought a good interview. Uh Razor was definitely very much in his like uh Scarface, he's called him stick man and you mm-hmm. know you know, a lot of that type of talk and very Cuban accent. Um you know, kind of that's kind of the end of this, right? Like he starts kind of changing his tone a little bit, but definitely very Scarface asking this. Um, and then Vince, I thought, did a good job, just kind of egging him on. Like, what if this right. happens again? And Razor kind of lost his, you know, like, like his shit. Like, I thought that was a good job by Vince, kind of egging him on a little bit. So I thought the interview worked pretty well. And I think Razor sold the one, two, three chance by being like annoyed by them. So they're definitely doing a good job of building up this guy. Um, well, like, like another thing too, just real quick on that is they've done a good job of not just throwing them in a match together the next week. Like they, yep, you know, yep. they haven't touched. Like they've been building this, and yeah, you know, at least a month turning down money, right? I, I, I think there other, yeah, yeah what was this six, fourteen, yeah, five, seventeen raw, I think. So yeah, that's yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's a over a month now, and we're still not there. So yeah, they're doing a good job of building. it. I like it. All right, All right, so from there we get uh, Doink versus Marty Jannetty. And I, I think, like, Doink, you know, in the beginning, he goes under the ring during his entrance. And it's weird, like, he comes out with a Pepsi. Like, it's <laughs> it's so random. Like, like WWF is so, like, against, like, um, putting brands out there and stuff like that without, like, a sponsor or something. Right. So it was, like, it was so weird to see him come out with an actual pe- uh, Pepsi. It, it was just random as hell. 
Like, I wonder if he was like, like down there since it's a tape show. I wonder if he was like under the ring for a while or something and seriously drank that. But, um, these guys, I feel like these guys have such good chemistry. Like they have such a, a good fast start and Doink is like, like, it's crazy. He's like a, a submission expert. Like he, yep. he just grinds him and it works so well off of Marty's like fast pace. Um, I just love how, how they gel together. Uh, the Doink hits a whoopee cushion and he goes, for, he like waits around a little bit for the pin and doesn't get the cover. And then he, so he kind of, um, slips on the top rope and Marty takes over. But then after that, they've kind of spill outside and get a double count out, um, which kind of leads to, you know, next week's match that we're going to get. But I think, like I said, I think these two just gel really well together. And I, I really like seeing the chemistry they have between them. Yeah, uh, I thought a big, big pop for Doink actually coming out when his music hits. Like, I felt like there was a lot of smart, smart fans in the crowd cheering for Doink, uh, you know, right mm-hmm. under the ring. Uh, of course, they do the old switcheroo. And he also comes out with the jacket on right the other side. Uh, and Vince, God, he's so bad at acting sometimes. Just loses his mind about. Yeah. He's got a different jacket on. He didn't have the jacket. Like just, just right. like it's like he sounds so stupid, and like the amount he like brings about it, it's like okay, Vince, we all get it. Like yeah. I guess maybe like a five year old, like I was probably dumb enough to be like, oh, that's the same doink. But like Vince is just so just let it let it play out. It's like you don't have to be so obvious on it, even if the kids don't understand right. it. So you just sound stupid, especially now. Uh, kind of weird to end up double countouts for two guys that are kind of learning the pay-per-view the night before. Um, but I think it leads to a, a, a good future, so I'm not, like, upset about it. It just feels kind of weird, like, kind of like that happened. Like, I'm sure watching a lot. Yeah, it's like, random. That just kind of ended like that. Right. They had no feud living up. It's, like, it's such a random match, but it, it was good. Like, I, I think this and the, the second one are very entertaining, um, you know, matches mm-hmm. and both, I think, solid solid workers – um, I mean, Marty's always been known as a solid worker when he's, you know, in the right minds. And, and you know, heel doing definitely is a very, very, very solid uh, in the ring, even if he's kind of silly from a, you know, gimmick standpoint. Yeah, I just didn't remember Doink being this like William Regal esque yeah. submission savant. Like, it's he's so like Doink is such an underrated like star of this early run of the new generation era. Like. Even his in ring work, not just just the character, like heel doink, like you said, yeah, is just like he's on fire right now. I really love watching him anytime he comes on the screen. Yep, and then we got, um, and then we get, uh, well, we get Vincent and them at the the uh, announce table. I don't know if you wrote down this match coming up for Mania, which uh, sadly we're only covering superstars. You're not going to watch Mania, but there was an El Matador Bob Backlund versus Head Shrinkers match. If uh, nothing will get you up at 8 in the morning, that Bobby Eklund and El Matador tag teaming yeah. has to. So I just died yeah. laughing. Like, they showed that. I'm like, oh, my God. This is what you're this is what getting fans up for? Like, your new, well, I didn't new know, show? I didn't know Mania? Mania was on that early and also airing in 1987. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird that, that they did that. I, and I, I liked Mania, but, like, I didn't think they, had, they actually showed, like, live matches. And so, like... I thought it was just like clips of of sh- like from shows like and that's why I always thought it was uh-huh. more of a highlight show as I kind of remembered it. So like, oh man, now you're getting the goods, and it's like this is the goods, like this is the right, best match. Right. It. So, um, I had to write that down just because of our hatred of Bob Backlund. We got to pick out <laughs> anytime we can. Uh, and then we got I, I had the next match was Owen Hart versus uh, some random guy 
Uh, Owen Hart, random. Probably this is one guy where I think it's kind of random to have him out. Like, he hasn't been seen in a while. I don't even think he had a King of the Ring qualifying match. He's still in his high-energy outfit, so he just looks kind of silly. Um, yeah, Owen's Owen's pretty skilled, so, uh, you know, he's solid in the ring. But the, the real point of the match was they, they call 1-2-3-Kid from uh, Japan. Uh, he's out there working. They kind of don't understand. They don't make it clear why he's out there, but uh, he's obviously, like, wrestling. I don't know why they had to bring up that he was out there wrestling, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vince just kind of eggs him on and says, uh, well, first he talks about what's Japan talking about. Um, is Japan talking about Yokozuna, the new champion? And either kid didn't understand the question or, like, wasn't told ahead of time. Like, the interview is kind of sloppy. One, two, three kid is not the best uh, talker at this point. Uh, so it's kind of a confusing interview for that part. Uh, but then he kind of sells that, you know, hey, $10,000 is a lot of money. I'm, I'm actually going to take that challenge next week, and I'm ready to, to take on Razor. So uh, set up a, a big Raw match for next week, uh, you know, live, one, two, three, Kid versus Razor, the return match. Yeah, and I thought Kid was, wasn't was too bad on this. Like, I thought he was being more conversational instead of, like, being promo, which was a little better from him. He's still not the best on the mic at all, but – um I like when he hit like Vince mentions like the ten thousand. He kind of like well, yeah, wait, ten thousand. Yeah. Like yeah, like okay, wait, that can change my life. Like he and that seemed really natural. Like I like I liked how he did that and talking about how his career blew up. And you know at this time like Waltman really was having some good matches. Like like I know he fights Sabu and it's like some NWA promotion. And it's like a a hell of a match during this time. I think it's a little bit before this, but. He could have very well been in Japan because I know he was in like, I, I, New Japan yeah. around this time too. It it probably makes sense. It's just such a random like, you mm-hmm. know, Vince really like Vince never breaks like kayfabe. Like there's other wrestling, right? Like it's right, just kind of right. weird that he kind of he kind of talks about that and like they're not affiliated with it. They're not promoting it. So it was just kind of weird to be like you're in Japan. I'm, is I don't know. It's, I thought it was kind of weird, but yeah, yeah, it it is because they don't say specifically where he's at because like. Which is weird, too, because I think he's in New Japan. New Japan's probably working with WCW still at this point. Right, yeah. Which he, it's probably why he doesn't want to say. He probably just says just Japan. Like, maybe if it was all Japan or something, he would have mentioned it. But I, yeah. I don't know. That's, he's hung up on those things. But he'll show Pepsi, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it. But, yeah, it's solid. Like, as far as Owen goes, it is very random to have him on here. But I'm hoping... Um, just like the start of seeing him a little bit more, but not in those damn pants. Like, I'm just ready for him to get out of those pants, and that didn't sound right. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just ready for him to get into different pants. Uh, but he, um, he's overdue. Like, I, I think he's you know someone that needs to be a, a little bit more of a a breakout star coming up. So I'll be excited to see where he goes. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be um, <clears throat> sorry. It'll it's just an interesting guy to sorry choke a little bit. <laughs> it's just an interesting guy to to bring out there. He just hasn't been seen, and um, really right. weird that he's he's gonna be you know showcased. I I, don't, I wonder if we'll see him again. Like as a kid, like I don't remember Owen until the the Brett. Like I obviously remember him high energy a little bit, but like I don't remember him until like the Brett Harding. I'm like, yeah, this is weird. They're bringing. Brett's going to fight this guy. Like, that's kind of how I remember him. So I'm interested to see if we see a lot more of him or if this is just a one-off appearance. Yeah, um, same, same. I don't I don't have any, like, recollection. So. Yeah. Do you want to give the uh, next recap? Or you could, yeah. Why don't you get the next two? Because uh, the first one we've okay. already kind of talked about. 
Okay, so yeah, then we get a a quick like recap of Undertaker, uh, yeah, Undertaker versus the Jobber from Superstars and John Gonzalez and Mr. Hughes attack him. So I feel like they've showed this recap a few times now. Yeah, um, I'm still not like really sure where they're going with this. Like if it's a Gonzalez feud or if it's Mr. Hughes kind of inheriting the feud, but um, kind of weird just to kind of shoehorn that in there. It must need to fill some time, but um. After that, we get uh, Jerry Lawler versus the Jobber, and Lawler comes out in the pink and black, which is the same tights he was on, like on the Superstars before this. So that's probably makes sense as to why this is taped. Now that was like probably a good clue there, showing that this was taped. Um, but he gets on the mic, like going to the ring, and, and starts insulting the crowd, and, and the crowd's just all over him. I think like, this stuff is so good, this like Memphis shtick that he uses. And it's so, like, simple. It's not like, you know, he's not like a wordsmith or anything like that. He's not, like, the most charismatic guy. But, like, just he knows how to irk somebody. And that's, you know, you can't buy that. You can just, you know, admire it pretty much. But yep. for some reason, Heenan leaves, too, like, in the beginning. And, like, Lawler starts playing to the crowd during the match. And all of a sudden, Heenan comes back. So I don't know what that was about, like, like why he left. I don't know. It was very was weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, it's like he just left right in the middle of the match and then came back. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what happened there. But uh, he even mentions, like, the slam of Yoko on July 4th, too, like like the um, SS Intrepid coming up. So we're kind of getting some more hype towards that. Um, but Lawler hits his pile driver, gets the fist drop, and gets the win. Uh, pretty much nothing squashed, but more more building up Lawler as a heel and kind of showing that he's just like the, you know, kind of greasy you know, we'll say anything kind of guy. So I love Lawler, so I'm not really mad at that. Yeah, I mean, the Undertaker match, like, it's it's great to show the angle, but they literally showed the match in full. I, I wrote in my notes. Right. Like, Do we need this in an hour raw? I was like, three hour raws, I get it. Kill time. But this is like the hour raw. It's just such a weird. And it's not like he's fighting like, uh, you know, Bastion Booger or some big name. He's fighting like a jobber. Like, why do we need to show mm-hmm. the match? I get like showing the end of the angle, which is cool, but like. Man, it was a, lot, a time suck for this. It was really weird. And then uh, for Lawler, I thought I thought he did a great job getting the Burger King chance. A lot of Burger King crowns, which I'm imagining they handed out. Uh, he's in his all pink outfit, which is kind of a interesting outfit he doesn't always stay with, but it's you know an all pink outfit. Um, and I, you know, I, I I'm actually shocked he's kind of wrestling pretty well here. This is the third match we've seen him in. Uh, I always thought him as an announcer, but he's been fighting pretty well on on Raw. So. And it definitely gets a, does a great job again. The crowd hating on him, so I thought a good a good segment. Uh, and and while they were doing that, right, they were able to play up that oh man, this is the guy that took out Bret Hart after he won. So they're right. starting to build up that, that feud. So even though it kind of ends on like a kind of weird sour match, you know, just fighting a jobber, the commentary is able to bring it up as like there's a big feud coming with you know one of your favorite you know ex ex champion you know King of the Ring uh, coming up here with him. So. Um, I thought, I thought it pretty good uh, end to it, even if it was the kind of a jobber match to end. Yeah, at least there's storytelling involved. Like, yeah. if you're gonna have a squash, at least put some storytelling on it. And you know, I like I like that they did that because Waller's a a catalyst for you know a lot of feuds, especially with Brett. So it makes sense to have him in a little match here. Yep, and then uh, we'll move on to superstars. Uh, so this one is back from May 24th. So Mostly a month ago, um, and this is going to be the the six nineteen 
superstars. Uh, it opens again with Mr. Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. He says they're going to have it on the Intrepidor, which is not the name of the actual thing. Yeah. So he sucks so bad. And then he also says that Yoko is only 505, which I thought they were playing up that he was fatter than 505. So Fuji, on a taped interview, like this is even live, this is taped, and this was the best take of probably, I imagine, 30. God, he, he's just so bad. Uh, he just downgrades <laughs> Yoko so much. Uh, so we start off with that, and then we go to the announce booth, kind of you know talking about King of the Ring. I think they had stills as well, King of the Ring. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they do that a lot throughout these four episodes. I didn't write every time down, but either Vince McMahon screaming down the card or showing stills of the uh, of the King of the Ring highlights. Um, so we start off with smoking guns. Um, I love them firing the guns. Like uh, I think that's such a good thing. The crowd gets like super pumped for it. The jobbers always do a good job, uh, you know, kind of jumping out of the way. I don't know how long they keep mm-hmm. that for. Like if that's the whole time, but like I think it's an awesome part of the gimmick. Uh, and I'm not like a gun gun guy, uh, any <laughs> by any means. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't guess your affiliation from Florida, but I could take a guess maybe. But I'm I'm just I'm not that. I just never grew up with them or anything like that. But I I think it's a pretty cool thing, especially <laughs> with the cow, cowboy motif. Uh, I, I like it. So yeah, I'm not I'm not really a gun guy either. Um, yeah, we, from we Chicago, hear a lot of gunshots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we hear a lot of gunshots around here a lot. Um, yeah, kind of. I get, I get kind of scared like the jobbers did in this match. Like <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, like when they when they shut off these cap, and I think it's full as hell too. I'm not gonna lie, but when they do it, like the the jobbers are so good at reacting, like they got the shit scared out of them, and they probably like really did when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I long enough to keep it, but I think it just adds to their their you know gimmick. And uh, so they they quickly they quickly win um, um, they quickly win uh, the the match here. Um, it, but during it, they're talking about the tag team titles switching places. So right. on the Monday Night Raw, well, it's confusing because obviously Raw was supposed to be live, but the Steiners won on Monday. Then they lost it to Money Inc on Wednesday. Um, I just don't understand this. Well, you know, there's another title change that'll happen as well over the weekend. But like, I don't get. I get doing a title change. Like, this is what you're going to see at house shows. But mm-hmm. who would have went to Monday night and heard about it? Right. This isn't the internet era, right? To then be like, oh, I should go Wednesday night because title changes are happening. Right. Like, I think this is so poorly done. I feel like they should have had one Monday night, then come back and say, you know, on superstars, all the total, like, hey, look what's happening, and spread this out over like a month. It's really weird to switch it back and forth, and like, I don't know how that drove attendance or like what the point of it was um maybe jt and uh and scott had some something in it on herb coon's notes but like it's it's very very weird uh so they, they spent most of the match kind of talking about that about the tag team uh and then they're ending maneuver which vince calls a maneuver i'm I'm not sure what it is but it, it's definitely very rough and uh, it's fucking awesome is what it is it is awesome but it's definitely dangerous it's kind of like the frankensteiner oh, like, yeah it's dangerous you're just waiting it's, for someone to break their neck Yes, the the backdrop into a pile driver. Yeah, like, I I thought I loved it, but yeah, it was very dangerous. Like especially them doing it because they're still kind of kind of green still, you know. Like like yeah, for for like for them to get the clearance to even do that move is is weird, you know, considering right. how many things have happened. But yeah, I thought it was awesome. But back to the Steiner's thing, it is so true how dumb that is because, like you said, they're gonna win the titles, then lose them back two days later, then, you know, spoiler, win them again. It's so stupid to do that all in one week and all along house shows before you even get to back to your live show again to, like, hype anything up. So right. it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I wonder if something, like, 
if there was some politicking involved in that or something that made that happen the way it did, it's just it's just weird. It just doesn't seem like like did they want to get the Steiners as like two times champions on their books or something? Like, I don't know. It's just yeah, weird. someone threatened you know? to leave or something. It, it just yeah, right. it's very it's just very weird. Yeah, uh, it's a cool idea, right? Like the idea of like these random house shows title changing place and you could do with the tag team titles because like no mm-hmm. one really cares about Buddy Inc and everyone's going for it's also like kills like the Steiners Money Inc like feud or payday right though you know, yeah you, kinda, know what I think you never it is. see it you know what I think and I'm not positive on the timeline is it, has a steroid trial already happened yet is this starting yet in here uh no it's still like the the one where Vince gets it I mean they're obviously like investigating but the actual trial is like in um 94. In, uh, right? 94, yeah, around the like, King of the Ring. Okay. That's, because, why, that's, why, because... that's, that's why Vince is I mean, that's the one thing where Vince isn't at the show with uh, Art Donovan. Uh-huh. So he couldn't pull the plug on him because he wasn't there for it. Like, that's when the trial's coming. Right. So, so, so I know that, I know Jerry Jarrett gets involved in, like, booking sometime around here. Like, right, not, yeah. Maybe not yet. But so, like, the reason why I, th- I think this is this could be happening and, and, you know, we get Mick Memphis, we get Waller involved, is because, like, they do a lot of this kind of shit in Memphis, too, where they'll they'll switch titles so many times to kind of pop a gate a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. And maybe this is, like, the influence of that. I don't know, but. That, that, you know. That, that, I'm sure it is, right? I'm sure it is. It's mm-hmm. just, like. It's just, like, not logical of what you're trying right. to – like, who knows right. about it, right? Like, on the internet, you could hear about it, like, right. well, like on Twitter now. But, like, back then, there wasn't even, like, chat rooms. So, it's just exactly. very weird. Very weird. All right. You want to go on to uh, the next match? Yeah. yeah so, we uh, – Sorry. First, it's we got to – Look at the, look at the <laughs> yeah. draw. Look at the draw. First, we got a quick little <laughs> ping in the ring report with Gene. He just, he just flashes the results real quick and kind of focuses on the Lawler attack of Brett. So, just a little building of that feud. Um and then we get like you know you want to talk about a, a stiff back and forth battle here. We get uh, Bastion Booger versus Virgil. This is Bastion Booger's debut, right? <laughs> Virgil's still here somehow, and no one cares about Virgil anymore. He's kind of gone. Booger's the debuting guy here, so you know you expect Bastion Booger to squash him or whatever. Um, no, Virgil <laughs> gets a win. He actually gets the. He actually gets the one, two, three with a crucifix. Clean. 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 Right. Right. So Virgil gets a clean win over Bastion Booger here, who's, you know, they keep making this the jokes about picking him and all this other stuff. Uh, he's disgusting. He's wearing, like, the high-cut crotch underwear, like, <laughs> a part of, like, like, where you get to see, like, all of his thigh meat and everything. Like, I don't know what his, like. The, earth, the earthquake special. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what his, like. Like he, it's like he's wearing Vader's mask version of tights <laughs> on his body. Like it's yeah. weird, you know. But um, he can kind of move. And back in the day, he was he was Monk and Singh. He was very good in Canada, like against Owen Hart. Like like that's the one that like, people always quote him on. And I've seen some of that stuff, and it is good. But he has a lot more shit than he does good. I know he was like, uh, who was he? Trucker Norman in WCW and yeah. Norman Lunatic and. He's got a lot more shit than he does good stuff, but this is uh, it's weird to debut a guy and, and let Virgil beat him of all people. So, not much to say about that. I don't know what, what you think about Booger or or the match itself. I mean, I, I actually I know you said no one cares about Virgil. I thought he actually got a decent pop coming out, um, but 
it's such a random match as well, right? And you got this debuting right. guy who this is kind of weird because it's one of the first time I they've done a guy where they haven't done like vignettes for. Right. I feel like everyone else we've kind of seen debut, Adam Bomb or something like that, like they've kind of talked up. But I feel like yeah. the smoking guns, right? They have the, the the cheesy vignettes, but like they mentioned no mention of him. They didn't even mention him on Raw that this this awesome guy is gonna be debuting. So it's just like this random fat guy. They all three of them crap on him the whole time, right? Lawler, Macho and Vince about how disgusting he is and so they're just blowing him off already. So I don't understand the purpose of this. Like what the purpose of the hire was or like if it just gives Vince some booger jokes or like it's really, really weird. And yeah, I know like sometimes we make, you know, more big of a deal about like someone win like the win loss record, but I don't understand what the purpose of this guy is, right? Like if he's just gonna right. <laughs> like like if he's just gonna be a fat loser, like why are we putting him on T V, right? Like versus Virgil. Just like let him be disgusting versus a jobber. So I don't know. It was it was I couldn't believe he lost. I like I just could not believe he lost. It makes you think that like you know how Vince is always behind on stuff. It makes you think like he just discovered like what the garbage pail kids were or something. Yeah. He said, All right, let's let's uh let's turn this monk into a garbage pail kid and he can wrestle for a couple of weeks as Bastion Booger. Yeah, it seems like a rib, but like it's not funny. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, and then we got um, I, I, we did have then an interview. Uh, you know, we got the face to face, and we got Money Inc. with um, the belts there. So again, they, they are building it up. Like they do talk about the the tag team title switches a lot, but again, it's mm-hmm. just like confusing why they would have two or three within one week uh, right. versus kind of spreading it out. So like you don't even have time to be like they kind of crap on the Steiners and you might be like excited about like oh man I want the Steiners to get it back you don't even have time to like buy tickets to see this this show um, so just really weird uh, we got Tatanka and Luger then back to back jobbers I didn't really have much here except I noticed we're like this is where the pre tape hurts they the two of them fought to a draw at the King of the Ring. Um, you know, and a draw, and they had a, a decent fight afterwards, right? Like, Luger knocked him out. They mm-hmm. come out back-to-back, and neither does anything to any either of them, right? Like, so clearly they didn't probably have the King of the Ring set, but, like, this is where your pre-taping hurts. Like, this is where you would have maybe Luger come out during the end of Tatanka's match, or, you know, Tatanka come out after Luger. Like, they should be setting up or cl- ending that feud. Instead, it's just two jobber matches, and just nothing happens, so... I don't know if you had anything to add on either of those, but it no, was... Other, other than Tatanka starting to feel kind of stale, because they're not, like, like I wish they would have done something, like you said, to keep him, like, interesting. You know, him just, like, this match that he just had on here, he's had this match, like, 20 times, and it's, you know, there's nothing, like, interesting about him right now. So I wish Luger would have, you know, come out and gave him a stare down or whatever. Um... But yeah, Luger's still kind of cool. Like he, like he, that blindside forearm he does in that match. Like he kind of like, like comes from the other side of the ring and and hits him out of nowhere with it. I like that finish. But yeah, um, I like they're playing up. I like they play it up as like <laughs> he doesn't know he's doing the legal forearm. Right. 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 So I, I like that kind of as a uh, a different way of doing the move. Yeah, but but yeah, these both these are like very skippable. Just nothing. At least they could have advanced the story a little bit, especially since they had them back-to-back, you know, at least one guy could have came out while the other guy was leaving or something, you know, they could have done something with that, but, yeah. Yeah, just anything, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just just a stale, it's really, and it's funny, I'm listening on Warzone, and they're talking about the stale taping cycle of of 96, you know, Raws, and it's like, well, it's been going on for three years, so (laughs) it's just like Vince was stuck in this 
like he does good ideas right on some of these things and then it's just like there's a lot of it where it's just very bland i, I don't dislike the superstars but like these back-to-back matches were basically like all right 10 minutes that really didn't need to watch um and didn't really add anything so. Yeah, and, and when when you're showing your audience that you can do these other things like the Razor and Kid stuff, like you know Lawler and Brett, like you're showing that you have the capability to, to do these kind of things, but then you know you at the same time do this stale shit. It's stands out and makes you like oh like roll your eyes like why do I gotta sit through this you know? Right, and these aren't debuting guys. Like I love the jobber idea of like debuting guys or like mm-hmm. putting some like. Luger going on a roll, like, of destroying jobbers would be, like, awesome. But, like, Tatanka really doesn't need a jobber fight. You know, let right. a newer guy come in and, and own that spot. Uh, so. Yep. So then from there, we get an update. Again, recapping the Undertaker attack, which I guess this will never end right now. And we get a um, some words from Mr. Hughes and Wethelman, who they're not really impressive right now either, in my view. Um Wolfman, he's all right. He's he's like the annoying manager, so I guess that works. Yeah. But I don't know. He just doesn't fit with Mr. Hughes for some reason to me. Um, I'm just not really feeling this whole feud as a, as a whole, I guess. But um, pretty much nothing from that. And then we get uh, Crush versus Jobber, who that's a, another run of the mill squash. Like nothing really, you know, going on with him after his match with Sean, and that's not gonna continue. I don't think so. He's just kind of in no man's land right now. Yeah, um, they they barely even I felt like barely even mentioned uh, the right. Sean match. Like it was just kind of he lost. That was kind of it. Uh, exactly. There's still mentioning he's feuding with Doink. And then uh, the real highlight of this little run right here is the the men on mission vignette where you know Oscar's doing the rapping in it. Like the video itself and the you know the the rapping is like is a lot like the twofold Scorpio debut like rap video that he did. Um, I, I have to like eat my words a little bit on them doing like the, the eighties style kind of thing there. This is a little more current than I thought. Like I was like, you know, watching like, uh, MTV classic has like the OMTV raps and stuff okay. like that. And I'll, I was watching some from like 93, 94 and this like, uh, motif, if you will, is kind of the same. So they are pretty current with that. Um, I'm really excited to see them. I don't care how much people think they suck. I don't care if Mabel is fucking six eight and six hundred pounds and hurting people or whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'm ready to see them. I'm ready to see their whole gimmick. You know, with Oscar, everything. I'll eat it up. So I'm pumped to see them. Yeah, I um, I thought the mix, so this is the second time we've heard this song, the actual mix, you could actually hear Oscar. I felt like the first time it was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is like they must have mixed it better, whether that was on the original show or just like the master tapes. It was uh, something better. But, yeah, I, I, you know, Whoop There It Is was like such a hot song during this era. Like, I don't right. think they're out of place. Like, yeah, looking back, like all this stuff looks, you know, silly and all the neon stuff. But, like, that was the time, right? And so yeah. – I think this is war in time where Vince actually is in like pop culture, um, kind of you know at the at getting the right cadence for it. Um, so, I, uh, obviously, big fans of Men on the Mission. I don't know how long I'll like them for, but I remember being pumped <laughs> for that when they when they when they right. came. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, our, our boy uh, Adam Bomb Adam Bomb. So definitely getting through a lot of jobbers and <laughs> jobber matches in this one, but. 
this is one that makes sense, right? Newer guy, let him come over. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy he fights has the craziest neon shorts ever. Like, they're glowing. Uh, and Bob looks good. Like, he's just kind of tossing the guy around. I think, like, he's someone that we talked about, like, man, could have been somewhere on the King of the Ring. Kind of disappointed to not see him. Uh, but hopefully a guy they keep building. Uh, I think he's got a good look and good talent. So, um, you know, another – this is where the jobber is, like, so effective, right? Just, like, destroying a guy. So, you know, A-plus, A-plus on this one. Yeah, this is like like you follow Men on a Mission with Adam Bomb and ex- expect me to concentrate. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, you know, Blue Chew has nothing on what I had going on right now. But the uh, the the look from Adam Bomb into the camera too, like when he gets in the ring, yeah, kind of has that stare. I feel like that look is in like a couple intros or video games or something. Like it's a it's real good. Like he just he looks so menacing when he comes into the ring and like for him to be like so athletic as a big man too like this is the perfect guy to do squashes like him sid steiners like those are the guys you want to see do a squash like the big jacked up guys that can still move and stuff so it makes sense you know put them with jobbers you like seeing the car wreck you know you don't want to see yep. you, you know you don't want to see like crush or tatanka or something like that against the jobber it's not the same but um yeah i love adam bomb so not much more to say about that Yep, and then they it's weird they kind of do uh, a quick quick Luna Sherry on the face to face. I can't believe Sherry's still here. I thought that was over, but they're building up this Luna Sherry feud. So that was pretty hot when we saw it back in like April, and hopefully we get you know a conclusion on it because uh, I would have thought I would have thought that's like a dropped angle that we didn't see anymore. So um, I just put you know Luna. I need Logan Crossland to do her uh, her voices that that he's got it down <laughs> for, her, for her impersonation. And then the last thing I, I had in my notes. As literally Vince says, uh, closing it out, well, there was a big match on Raw this week, Razor versus one two three kid But don't watch it on Raw. We'll, we'll show the whole thing here on Superstars. I was like, what the F is that? You're killing your yeah. own ratings. Like, I, I couldn't believe you said that. And it's just, like, so crazy to think of the Monday Night Wars, you know, coming up. So, like, you would never, you know, WCW right. had a lot of faults, but they would never, like, say something stupid like that. Like, oh, don't go after the main show. Why just watch it here? Like, no, you should be like, that's the only time you can see it. We won't show it here, no right. matter what, right? It was such a – I was like, why would they – why would he say that? Like, it, it, I don't know what the point of it was, but, man, it was – Yeah, that, that's one of the more confusing things. Like, I don't see any spin you can put on that to make yeah. sense. Like, you know, I, I, the, the, they're on the same station, right? Aren't they both on USA right now, or is, or I is think, Superstar syndicated? I, I think Superstar is syndicated, but, like, I would still then push, like – Get cable because you know what I mean. Right, like, go get right. cable. Right, it's like you know that. Yeah, you like, don't tell them that. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, are you? You're not like dying to get ratings on superstars. Like, right, that's not a reason. Like, that's why I just don't see any way possible um, that that makes sense. But yeah. with the Sherry and Luna stuff, I do agree with you. Um, I, I wrote like the same thing. I don't know why Sherry's still here. I didn't even know she was still here. And Luna, I. I Luna to me, like I was seven at this time. Luna was kind of scary to me back in the day. Like, like she was a, a creepy, yeah, you know, like character. Like she's an underrated, like, like creepy, you know. Like you mostly think of the guys, like the big, scary-looking guys and shit, and Undertaker. But she was somebody that was, like, you know, kind of had a little side to her that, especially with that voice and and the look, you know, she stood out as someone that kind of freaked you out a little bit. But yeah, that's pretty much gonna go nowhere. Yeah. 
And they also mentioned that next week there's the Virgil uh, Bastion Booger uh, rematch. Hottest feud. Oh, man. See, that's what Vince should have been focused on. Yeah, right. Is, is that, you know? More of the Booger crowd. Right, right. So, um, from there, we're going to go to next week's Raw 621. And we're going to open with a uh, replay of the 123 Kid upsets, kind of setting the stage for what we're going to come into this uh, tonight. Just kind of letting you know that, hey, this is the guy that, you know, upset Razor. This is why the money's on the line. So they do a good job with that. Um, Savage looks fucking ridiculous in this outfit. Like, yep. he looks like a package of fruit stripe. <laughs> um, and then he even kind of like looks under the ring and laughs, like as, as a play towards Doink. So you kind of get a little, you know, storylines, little through lines of the whole show kind of built in in this first like minute or so. So I like that. I like when, I like how like every opening to Raw is different. Like there's something, yep. you know, you, know, you kind of never know what's going to happen, but. Um, from there we get Steiners versus uh, a couple jobbers and they come out as champions now. So, uh, as I spoiled a little bit earlier, they won the belts again. So we had three switches in the same week, which is just like we've said, we've beaten to death. It's very weird, but, um, like watching this match, like Scott is so damn athletic and I wish, like, I know there was like a lot of rumors, like at one point they wanted to let, let him win the world rumble, but they, he didn't want to split up as a tag team. At one point, they wanted him to be the guy that's Mr. USA, but again, they didn't want to split up the tag team. And you can just see why Vince saw so much in him. Yeah. You know, how big he was and how athletic he was. Um, you know, simple squash. The, the, he hit some nasty ass Frankensteiner for the win. Like, I don't know how, like, if you watch, like, how he throws the guy off the ropes, he's already in the air before the guy comes off the ropes. So, like, he's landing on his own head and shoulders basically at the same time as the guy's getting drove to the ground. Like he just nails this guy, but, um, you know, you pretty much see that with every Scott Steiner, Franklin Steiner. So no one really stopped doing it, but yeah, they pretty good showing from these guys of the champions now. So I guess you kind of had to put them out there first to kind of explain this whole thing. So what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I had the same notes. Franklin Steiner, somehow he didn't die. Um, Again, the weird three changes in a week. This one's kind of cool out of nowhere. Like, you're tuning into Raw, and, like, bam, we're live, and there comes out the signers with the belts. But it would make sense that this is the first title change versus the third. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I thought a, you know, good good team to open. They always, the crowd's always behind them, too, right now. So they're always getting you – know, the crowd's lively for it. So, I, you know, good start to the day. Yes, sir. And then I'll move on to the doinks. We got a best two out of three match. Uh, I thought Doink got a huge, uh, a huge pop again. Um, th- th- they have good chemistry on this one. A two out of three falls match is always a little weird. So I thought a little long, but that's just always going to happen on a two out of three fall, two out of three fall match. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, first fall Doink wins on his own whoopee cushion. They kind of go back and forth. Doink is like sweating profusely, so he's just pouring sweat, and his face paint is everywhere. So I don't know if it's hot in there or they were just working stiff or, you know, working pretty hard that um, Doink's makeup is just everywhere, all over his body, all over Marty Jannetty. So kind of interesting, the match. Uh, So, like I said, Doink wins the first match on on a whoopee cushion. Uh, They go to break and come back for the second fall. Uh, Marty kind of is down the whole time and then goes for – I think he hits a cross body. I'm going to screw up which which, which movie he hit because my notes just say he goes for a cross body. Uh, But he, he hits it off the top rope, 
and the crowd goes nuts for it. So they've really done a good job of putting this over. The crowd is definitely very hot for the, the Marty win, and they're tied up uh, 1-1. They go to the third fall, and again, this is where Doink is really working on the leg. He does a figure four, uh, works his leg over in the corner. Like you kind of mentioned earlier, like they're, they're really trying to put Doink over as a submission expert. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the third fall, the guys, both guys were a little gassed. Like they definitely went for a couple more wrestles, and they kind of lost the crowd a little bit. I think they were literally both tired, uh, right. whether they're out partying the night before or something, maybe went into it. But I thought they kind of ran out of gas. Um, so a typical ending of a doink match right now. The second doink comes down. Uh, they do the switcheroo. Doink ends up winning. Um, immediately, Savage jumps in the ring, uh, blasts the doink off the, the second post. And I think he actually hit his head on the turnbuckle like uh, or on the post. Because uh, Savage rocked him pretty hard, like blindsided him. Um, the crowd's going crazy for the whole, the whole thing, and the ref reverses the decision as he finds the second doink, uh, which you can clearly tell because he's got his face paint everywhere, uh, all over his body, and they declare Marty the winner, and the crowd again goes crazy for this. So, a good twenty-minute segment. Um, I think they're setting something up with Savage getting himself involved in this, but um, you know, weird guy, weird two guys to put together, but. They have good chemistry, and I thought a really good match. Uh, both of these were, so I don't know what you had to add to it, but uh, a, a good a good segment, or a good two or three segments for this. Yeah, yeah, a couple things here. Like, like I've said before, I love the chemistry between these two. I love this match. Like, I think this was you – know, I remember watching this match on, like, the, the Raw set that came out. Yeah. Like, for like, the first few years, just being, like, blown away by this match. Um, I think it's, like, a real sleeper of a match. Now, the, the thing – what's weird is, like, this is the WWF. When's the last time they had a two out of three falls match? Was it um, Heart Foundation and Demolition? Was that a two out of three falls match? Yeah, from uh, SummerSlam. Yeah, was 90. that the last one? Probably. I can't, I can't yeah. think of anything else. So it was just random, you know, of them. Like, okay, you have a double count out, and that leads to a two out of three falls match. So it was, like, they're just throwing stuff at the wall, which I like. I like the randomness of it. Um, and, yeah, Savage getting involved is so funny. It's like he's like the you know, like the enforcer of the WWF, like, you know, like I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Right. I'm going to get involved and tell the ref to come out here and change it. And since I'm a legacy act, he's going to do it. But yeah, I really like the chemistry between these guys. Like I said, um, Marty was working his ass off. Doink just seemed so gassed. Like, you know, his, like you said, his face paint was just all over the place. That's what kind of makes it weird for when the second Doink comes in because even though he kind of like messes it up a little bit, it's still so obvious, right? You know, and and but it doesn't take away from the match in my in my point of view. Um, I really liked it. So, um, from there we get so we go from like that great back and forth match to Mr. Hughes versus the Jobber. This shit was kind of boring to me. Like, Mr. Hughes really isn't doing anything for me right now. Like as a whole, like I don't know. It's He's in the feud with Undertaker, who's like a much bigger guy, and Hughes is supposed to be like this big dominant guy. I really, I really don't like when they do that. You know, like I'd rather they show the guy's power off for a little bit first, then build to something like the Undertaker. Um, but he has a, he does hit a stiff um, spine buster to get the the pinfall. But uh, overall, I'm just really down on Mr. Hughes as of right now. Did you have anything to add to that? No, I, I I like this. It split up the two big matches with a you know like a jobber, and they're building over Hughes right now with the urn. So mm-hmm. you know I, I think I kind of like that. That at least he has like 
you know, he's got a big storyline going on. You're putting him over as kind of dominant. You're showing off the urn that he's like mm-hmm. carrying it around as Undertaker's prize. And I actually like the move, uh, you know, classic heel move where he's going to pin the guy. It's kind of stupid, but he gets the two count and picks him up. And yeah. like, hey, no, I want more damage. So I kind of like that. I think it builds his character. I think of, mm-hmm. I think of like any of just, you know, who you're going to put in this mid-match. Like, you know, you kind of want to cool down a little bit. This is kind of the perfect type guy that he's in a massive feud versus someone that's kind of tepid. So I, I, I do like this. Um, as far as like the feud goes, do you prefer the feud to be Mr. Hughes versus the Undertaker or Giant Gonzalez? Well, Giant Gonzalez for every feud ever. But there you go. There um, you go. I, I but uh, you know, I think from a uh, <laughs> presentational award, I think Giant Gonzalez has uh, shown his ability at WrestleMania, and uh, I think they've kind of got a different route on it, um, mm-hmm. which probably makes sense long term, but. Um, I'd rather see Trainwreck bad if I'm going to see that. <laughs> well, now watching it, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I must enjoy the Giant Gonzalez, you know, now looking back, but I can understand why they did it, right? Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And now, well, Giant Gonzalez still has a match with Undertaker coming up, doesn't he? Yeah, we still got one more uh, five, right. six, one more six-star classic. I was, I was about to say, yeah, this is Godzilla Sorry, versus five. Mothman. Yeah. Right, right. All right, so at least, at least we... Uh, at least we don't have any idea where we're going with the Undertaker right now, so that's good to know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, if I'm going to put someone there, I think this is a guy to kind of put him there uh, because he is in a major feud. I mean, Takers are what number three, four star, uh, and you're kind of putting the guy that's matching up with him. I'm sure they were doing house show matches all over the place, so it helps yeah. your house show. So I, I, I get why presentation wise, like this is where this stuff makes sense, right? Versus like in the past we've seen where we've kind of had the worst episodes of Raw. Where it's mm-hmm. like, here comes out Damien Demento. It's like, why is why are we showing that? And even last Matt, even last one, like, here comes Owen Hart. Like, why? You know, it's this one at least makes sense to me. That, you're right. You're right about it making sense. Like, I'll, I'll agree with that. I just don't really like Mister Hughes right now. I guess so. It's okay. Oh, I mean, he sucks. He's, yeah, he, I mean, he's not good. No, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't enjoyed by the match. Like, I, <laughs> right. I gave it a half a star if we, if we rated every match. Like, it was, right. it was a nothing match, but it it's something that makes sense for this time period, right? You're not going to get full, you know, uh, you know, character on character. You're going to get jobber matches, and, like, this one makes sense. Uh, okay. Do you want to take the last match, or? Sure. So, um, so I, I had the long, for, since I had the first long one, why don't you take this one? Gotcha. I won't just right, settle so, <laughs> Right. So this is um, not as good as Bastion Booger versus Virgil, but we have uh, Razor versus the 123 Kid for the, for the 10 grand. Now, the crowd is loud as hell with the one, two, three chance to me. Like, I think, you know, they're building this up so perfect for him to let this, like, okay, this is going to be like hyperbole, but to me, this is like organic buildup with the crowd, kind of like how Daniel Bryan was with the yes, like the, the crowd into him hyping him up. It's not, it's not the same level and not the same, you know, main event picture or anything like that, but it's like organic with, how they're chanting one, two, three, like no one's even instructing them to do that right now. You know, like, like no, they're not getting like a, a wrestler to chant one, two, three, like Brett was doing and stuff like that. So I just feel like he's naturally and organically over, which is the best way to do it, in my opinion. Um, and then Kid comes out with no music, which I also think is a good touch because you're still kind of playing off like this guy's a jobber. He doesn't really work here full time. Um, you know, we're calling him the one, two, three kid because of the pin and, and, you know, that's, 
doesn't feel like a full name for him or anything like that, any kind of packaging. So I feel like that's smart. Um, once you get into the match, Razor like charges him like because he's just so pissed and he misses, and Kid just starts hitting him with a flurry, like just starts going off. And I love that idea of you know Razor not getting his like not getting his um, satisfaction early. So I, I like that that the crowd can kind of get behind Kid a little bit. But then once Razor does get a hold of Kid, he like hits him with this stiff fucking choke slam, like just buries him, and Kid just like rolls over um that leads to them going outside he kind of like exposes the cement and razor kind of goes for the razor's edge and like this spot like kid gets to the top rope and goes to dive on him but trips and smacks his head on the cement oh my god it's like like you know you could watch all this like hardcore shit and everything and it's like you know it's cool like it looks like it hurts but him falling and just landing on his head and he was out on his feet once that happened. Like, like his head just thud off that cement. Yeah. And even, even the announcers were like, "Holy shit!" Like, god damn. You know, like he just bites <laughs> it. But, um, he goes up for the or the moonsault. He gets the two, and then he doesn't win. And I wonder, like, like this how this finish happened. I don't know if he like did it early because he was so delusioned or what, but. After he gets the two, he just grabs the money and runs and leaves, and the, and the car is waiting for him. So I guess it was supposed to happen the way he did it. And he kind of, like, comes off even better without a finish because it's like, okay, look, I'm I'm going to beat you physically and mentally both times we faced each other. So now Razor's even more pissed. You know, like, it just builds Kid into this, like, great character of, like, this underdog. And, you know, even though he slipped and busted his shit, he still came out with the money, so... I thought it was a pretty good match and told a good story. Yeah, I actually look at my notes. And my first note says, like, one, two, three kid has such a different energy, especially after watching Mr. Hughes. <laughs> so I should have <laughs> Mr. Hughes. Still, I'm not loving it. But uh, I really, I didn't really think about your points because I was kind of, my first note was, man, no music for one, two, three kid. But I think it's way better. Like, you described it. Like, here's this nobody coming in. Like, he doesn't even have music. He barely even has tights. Like, I actually think that's a really good way of building him up. So I actually think that's a good job. I would have probably, if I would have went first, I'd been like, man, he kind of looks like a jobber without music. <laughs> but I, I think, I think your point's better, right? They're, they're, they're selling that. So I actually think that works better. Um, he just has one, two, three kids, just like a different energy, like a pace, a, like the way he's doing moves, you know, it's not all high flying, but like even his kicks, right? They're just not like, right. You know Nikolai Volkov kicks to the belly like he's <laughs> kind of swinging around. He's, he's it's just such a different energy than anyone else is kind of bringing at the time, or or, mm-hmm. or most of the guys are bringing, uh, and that's fine. Like you want to have different styles of wrestling, but he's just such a fresh air. Uh, and the same thing that nasty choke slam. Like I don't know, it had to hurt his neck real bad. It did one two three kid have a ton of neck problems later on. Yes, right. Yes. Like so, it's like here's his buddy. I don't know if they were friends yet, but you know here's his buddy like taking him out it's like it looked real bad and then you, you mentioned it the epic um you know slip off the top rope and it looked bad like razor didn't go after him at first like to real like you can guys see like he was like oh shoot like i'm not sure what he was gonna do what the planned move was but it right. definitely was not that so um and then you just got that classic like outsmarted you know razor i kind of like that they did the match too versus just like him like he could have easily just done that, right? Ran, like distracted Razor and ran with the money, but instead, like they kind of got him to the spot where he was gonna pin him or like went for the pin, 
didn't get it, and then it's just like, peace, I'm out of here. Like, I, I did right. your fight. I fought you for five minutes. I, I hung with you. Like, I was up ahead, and I'm just taking the money and going. So I, I thought it was a great story, uh, great story told throughout the match. So, uh, you know, a fun a fun match, and a, I think a fun Raw with two two really good matches. Uh, and I think both, you know, whether the Doink Marty one really doesn't lead to anything, I like, I think these are both remembered angles of the summer uh, mm-hmm. for the early, from the early Raw. So a really good Raw episode here. Yeah, I thought, like, I, I, like everything as a whole, like the pacing and how everything gelled and the stories told, this is one of the better Raws we've seen so far. So I agree with that. All right, should we do a couple plugs and then go on to the last superstars? Yes, sir. So um, as I mentioned earlier, Marcus and I will have an episode. Um, you'll be listening to this on a Tuesday. It would have already dropped. We're going to be covering the first round of the draft. So I just want to give a quick plug to that. Um, also, Marcus is on another show with JT with uh, Wrestling Above Replacement, where they, they kind of do like a different twist. And the thing I like most is not necessarily the baseball tie-in, which is also you know an interesting way to look at it, it's the season tie-in, and that's how I like to look at wrestling, like, as a season, not necessarily, like, you know, the year 1997 or whatever. Like, I like to look at it as, you know, from this point to this point and everything that kind of intertwines with it. So I really like that aspect of what they do. Um, and I think they do a good job of, like, like they, they look at things like kind of like how we look at things as, as far as not just a pure match rating and, hey, this is what the match was, they – they add build, they add, you know, commentary, everything like that. So they kind of look at it like from a whole point of view, like we do with our shows. So um, definitely give them a listen. They drop every other Friday right now. So just want to give a shout out to them. Yeah, a ton of other great shows. I've been I've been going back in the archives and listening to now into the Rumbles, uh, the one I've been listening to the past. I can't get through it yet, but I keep going restarting at the same spot. Kind of listen sometimes when I'm going like, go to sleep. And um, one where they pick on the Red Rooster. And I just yeah. die laughing because he's just the perfect guy to shit on. So I always right. love, love them picking on the rooster. Uh, but they're, they're doing a great job getting through the the Royal Rumbles. Um, the uh, wrestling war zone is back in full force. So, yep. you know, they're, they're it's kind of funny because on their talk, they're just, man, these blind draws. And we, we haven't seen it all the time, but sometimes more on superstars. But, yeah, just like the, the taping schedule that kind of hurts them. They're in the same spot. But then you look at WCW, it's just the hottest angles, right, of who's the fourth man and, and uh, what is Sting going to churn and all these things, like, that's going on. And it, like, I was never a WCW guy, like, big time. I watched it. But, like, man, I just remember early in the, the NWA age, just be, NWA angle just being so into it. Um, and then we kind of mentioned last time, you know, Jenny Position uh, on there with the Pluto uh, – a bunch of different shows, but my, my favorite is always, uh, have you seen Pluto or have you heard it on Pluto? It's just an awesome mm-hmm. show. I, I've been lucky enough to be on one uh, myself with her. It's a, it's a great show, and she has tons of other great things, including uh, the journey the journey through infinity. Um, so great stuff on the North-South Connection. And, and you know, it's, to start the day, you can do it. There's a 10-minute Chronoso every day. They're working their way through WrestleMania 1 through today, um, and they're on about to get through the big events. I'm going to join uh, one of those big event matches from one of the worst matches I think I've ever watched. Uh, but I'll, I'll leave it as a spoiler to see if you, anyone could uh, watch when they when they hear that. But uh, I'm, I'm always excited when I get someone gives me the opportunity to join that. But uh, oh, yeah, you, definitely, a, you definitely did really good on your episode too. Like I I, I didn't know you were doing that and I saw it on yeah. there and I was like oh shit yeah yeah, this, yeah you did really good. 
The second one's not as not as not as good. The other, you know, the other match had it's it's uh, you know, that's the flag match from WrestleMania. To you know, that's one where like the crowd was into it. So I'm like, you know, sometimes the wrestling's not great. Like I'm, I was never a work rate person. Like I don't really care about it. At times like if the crowd's right. into it, like and it makes sense. Like I can enjoy it, right? Uh, this this right. match with Mr. Ted RCD is not not, <laughs> not the same level. So. Uh, but I'll do it as just as I can. But we're working the way through each pay per view and a lot of it, and the Saturday nights made events. Um, so just got through WrestleMania two onto the big events, and then you know keep, they'll keep moving on to WrestleMania three and so on. So tons of stuff on the North South connection, and then obviously the place to be podcast and the pop experience. You know, always have other great shows as well. Uh, listen, subscribe, rates. So let's move on to superstars. Yes, sir. All right, we are uh, still at the same. Same superstars taping from last time, so you know we just kind of mentioned our plugs, but you know you this kind of staler thing, um, and we we start off with a. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one just if you unless you really really want the first <laughs> no, match. No. You go ahead. <laughs> uh, we got Tito Santana, so a guy that just I, we haven't seen in a while. I don't remember the last time we've seen Tito, but he comes out of nowhere. He gets a big pop because his music has that like it's very distinctive. You know it's Tito's music. Uh, right. You know, El Matador. Uh, so he gets a good pop coming out, but he's going to face Mr. Hughes. Uh, this kind of gets into Jerry Lawler just throwing a bunch of Mexican jokes out there with Tito. Um, he, uh, he Tito Santana actually hits his flying elbow, and uh, Hughes kicks out of it, and they kind of don't make it a big a big deal. So I'm not sure if Tito Santana got a different uh, ending move or just, like, he just hadn't been around much, so they kind of lost track of, like, that was his finishing move. But I thought that could have been, like, a big deal. Like, Hughes is tough to put down. They kind of just, like, blew it off. Um, right. And then, and then Hughes gets a uh, – or El Matador goes up to the, the top rope, does a cross body, and Hughes flips him over and gets the quick pin and, and, and a victory for Mr. Hughes. Uh, I don't know. Kind of kind of weak. I love the – like, Tito actually brought good energy. I thought Hughes kind of uh, – Actually sold pretty well for Tito. I thought it was a good match for a three, four-minute match. My problem is, again, if you're going to do his finishing move, like, bring it up that Hughes was able to kick out of it. And I think even on the rollover, like, make it a big deal that Hughes is so strong that he was able to overpower Tito. The commentators kind of gave nothing to the match. Um, and so I think it kind of suffered from that. And, you know, I, I would have liked somehow, maybe somehow Mr. Hughes used the earn or something just to build up that character. They kind of didn't really bring that up, so... Overall, like okay starts, but um, it was you know nothing nothing special. Well, like like you said with the the flying burrito, like <laughs> they no sold that at all. And the way right. he hit it, it like looks like that's still his finisher. Like he hit it so good, like it got a little yep. pop from the crowd, kind of. Tito was real fired up on, during that, and I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Like like I don't know why you're like half in with a guy like Tito Santana, like. You're not using him for anything. Why not let Mr. Hughes just like run through him, hit his finisher on him, make him look stronger, feuding with the Undertaker? Instead, you do this like weird roll through, pull the tights pin on, and you can't even really see him pulling the tights no, I, well either. Yeah, I didn't even put that in my notes because I wasn't actually sure if it happened. The commentators well, mentioned it, but I was yeah. like, I didn't see. So I was like, maybe I missed it. Like, I don't think he did. I think the commentators <laughs> like covered for it. But but you can't really see it, so it's just like it's just kind of a lazy match, like on Hughes's part, where Tito was a little bit more fired up and kind of showed that he still had a little bit in the tank. So and the crowd was it, pumped for him. And the crowd, right. I the crowd like loved this match. Like I, I, w- that- I would like to have seen Hughes or Tito in the 
in the backland role this whole time. Like he still yeah. had a lot in the tank, in my opinion. So yeah. like he was way underused. Like I would I would like to see him more than Virgil, Backland, some of these other guys. Like you know that are getting more more matches on TV. So. And I mean, I, I, I'm not great at ECW, but I believe Tito like goes out of ECW, have a pretty decent career there, right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, for like a like, year. Yeah, like so he's still like it's not like he just runs out of gas and's done. Like they mm-hmm. obviously could have had use for him, and we're definitely needing more faces um, to put over. Whether to put over, I mean, he's always been a jobber to the stars, but to put over some of these guys, or even go on like a mini run, right? Like last last hurrah or something like that. Like you could have played that up. So a uh, little little disappointing there. So. That's the first match. Why don't you uh, take our next one? Yep. So then from there, we get a little quick update with Gorilla. He's kind of talking about, like, the tag team scene and the WWF, and he has, like, these Hasbros. And I really don't like the way he <laughs> threw the Hasbros down. Like, the way he just, like, threw them down. Like, bro, those are worth money. And, hey, like, you don't you even know. know. <laughs> right, right. You just kind of, like, dispose of them and just threw them on the ground. And I don't like the way he did that. Um, he recaps, like, the Steiner's Money Inc. switch that we've already went over and Kind of tries to make sense of it, but it's still kind of confusing. Um, from there, we get Doink versus Jobber. Uh, Doink comes out and he squirts on a kid, which is not the most offensive thing I've said tonight for some reason. But um, he gets a, a quick squash and gets a stump puller on, which is a move I love that he does. Like where he kind of like goes over the guy's neck and pulls his leg up, and it's like a move that nobody else does. It just continues this like submission expert that Doink is. Um, I'm not sure if you had anything to add on that match. No, just much. Vince. Vince again losing his crap on do I explain the kid? He's just overacting. Yeah. Like Vince does the worst of. And then um, I thought again, Doink's just getting a big pop on his music. And maybe it's just his music. So maybe at this time it's just so identifiable. But like the crowd definitely is 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 definitely in for him. Uh, maybe right. it's just Smarks back then, but. I definitely feel like he's getting a bigger ovation than a lot of a lot of people coming out, and maybe it's just the way his music starts. That, oh man, this is some someone big coming out. I better kind of make some noise for it. So, um, yeah. I thought that. And uh, then from there, uh, we get. I'll just take this one real quick. Sure. It's a it's a quick interview with Yoko and Fuji, kind of hyping the SS Intrepid. Like Fuji's kind of saying, you know, you got these athletes and these things. Like they're still not real to slam Yoko. Um, I thought Fuji was. Like I'm not can't believe I'm gonna say this. I thought he was actually decent in this interview. Like everyone else has kind of sucked, but this one he kind of seemed a little bit more focused and kind of explained a little more of like more guys that are gonna be there and kind of you know just runs them all down and, and makes you feel like shit. Like does anybody really have a chance against Yoko's doing? Yep. You know, I thought I thought this was actually a decent build for that um, compared to all the other ones. Yeah, and I think too, I uh, like this where they've. I think they have mentioned a couple other times that we maybe have mentioned it, but it's not just wrestlers who can slam them; it's all professional right. athletes, right? So he's right. he's calling out that professional athletes are weak and no one can handle them. Like even wrestlers, like not NHL, uh, NBA, NFL, you know, no one can take them out. So I, I, you know, they've been building that up as well. Um, I don't know if they get the A plus stars from those leagues, but right. you know, it's a, it's a cool cool idea. I think of making it kind of a little different. Um, and probably gave them a little bit of mainstream press, so um, I, I like that they're building that up as well. Yes, um, I, I, d- I don't know which one comes first, but uh, you know, first we got a quick head shrinker squash, nothing there, but then they reshow the uh, Razor and Kid, 
from mm-hmm. like Vince we mentioned the the full match and you know nothing nothing really added they just kind of added some commentary at the end on top of it about how Razor outsmarted him and Lawler Lawler does this good job of like stooging he doesn't have an answer uh, and Bobby does this too well where like they don't have an answer like Bobby didn't have an answer for why there were two doings out there like I, I really I like that in commentary like they kind of just act dumb uh, but but uh, you know I think. Uh, Lawler did the same thing about Razor, like how the kid was able to outsmart him. He kind of like he didn't have an answer for him, so I thought that was good selling um, by them. But you know, kind of a nothing. Uh, I, I get the angle is awesome, but like again, why show the full match uh, on here? Why promote it? Doesn't really make sense. So I don't know if you have anything else to add there. No, I I agree. I don't I don't get them showing the the full match like that. It just doesn't make sense. Do you want me to take the the rematch? Or... Oh yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so then we get uh, the classic rematch that everyone's been waiting for: Virgil and ba- Bastion Booger. So I I don't know because this was from the same taping whether they effed up the first match and wanted to have a rematch or whether this they're just trying to build this as a hot feud. Like I would love to be in the booking community of like, yep, let's go, let's show this twice to the same <laughs> crowd. They're gonna love this. Give so, them two out of three falls. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> thank God they didn't, but. Yeah, so we get Bastion Booger versus Virgil, and Booger gets his revenge, uh, hits hits a splash off the middle turnbuckle, which the crowd popped for. I think they did a good job of selling. Like that's kind of like Yokozuna's bonsai drop. Like not I'm not going to equate the same, right? Like right. this is thirty percent of that. But the crowd was definitely like, oh my god, this fat slob is going to land on him. And, and again, I think this is where Virgil does the best of his work. Is like he's a good seller. He's kind of a thinner, smaller guy. And acts like he got just destroyed. Uh, so in a minute, a minute fifty nine, it didn't even feel that long. But uh, Bastion Booker's able to get revenge on Virgil. So I guess they're trying to rebuild. <laughs> Two weeks into his thing, they have to rebuild Bastion Booker right. already. But got him his big, big payback win, and kind of walks off like kind of a nothing thing. There's no real like, there's no drama between them either in the first match. So like, why there's need for a return match when there's tons of other matches that don't have return matches, but. Um, it was okay, and I think again, I, I like Virgil in this one. He actually does a pretty decent job selling uh, for these guys. You know, I think we were both very impressed with his Survivor Series versus Yoko, and I think he actually on this match did pretty well selling for for Booger. Yeah, it's just weird. Like the booking is backwards. Like, like Booger should have went over like this in the first match, and then right. Virgil get like the slip on a banana peel win in the second one. But I don't know. It's weird how they did that in reverse, kind of, but. Yeah, hope, thankfully this feud might be over for a change. Yeah, the the quickest feud of all time within like exactly. fifty minutes of a TV taping is over already. So, yeah, and then uh, from there, we, at least we get a little pick me up. We get a little, little men on mission rap with the the subway background. It's kind of it's cool to see them like being built up, and you know, like you haven't really had like hip hop characters in the WWF before, so. You know, something different, um, just another vignette of them rapping, pretty much yep. the same thing, but at least you're keeping them in the back of your mind a little bit. Um, and then we get, I think, a really good segment here is, is Bam Bam comes out for an interview, and I wasn't expecting this to, like, play out the way it did. Um, he calls himself, like, the meanest, the strongest, the best. Uh, so, basically, he's, like, the EST before Bianca Belair was. <laughs> um, he says he has another side, though, like, in sensitivity. And he's found his uh, main squeeze, which is uh, Luna Vachon. Like he calls her his tick. 
which is so weird, like for him to call his take, which is yep. it's kind of funny at the same time because now the crowd starts they they caught on like real quick and started calling her lunatic, and yep. even um, Bonnie Blackstone calls her lunatic and she kind of like gets all pissed at it, and just the way like Luna and Bam Bam play off each other, this pairing is fucking awesome. Like yeah, how how Luna and Sean did not fit at all. No, nope. even though they were trying to do the pretty boy, uh, like, like mean girl kind of thing, it still didn't work. Um, these two together are just awesome. Like they fit so perfect, and I'm just, I think the segment was awesome. I think Luna and Bam Bam just like speak together well. Like I don't know, I don't know if they had like a really good chemistry out of the ring, like where they were really tight together or whatever. But this, their chemistry just makes so much sense. I, I really like to see where this goes. So um, great little segment here. I thought. Yeah, I was not kind of expecting it. All of a sudden, they had, like, Bam Bam coming. I'm like, what the hell is this? And right. and then all of a sudden, at that, they did, like you mentioned, kind of did a great job of um, building them up um, for a, uh, you know, big uh, – sorry, building them up as a, as a couple. Um, and, the, and a couple weeks ago, right, they had Tonka come out and feud with them. So, like, that's kind of fresh in your mind. I thought that's where we're going with it. So I think it was kind of a great kind of swerve there of, like – this is his new manager. So I, I like that segment. Um, and like I said, I think both of them sold it really well, and the crowd was into it. So good little segments. And then we had uh, – do you want to do the last match? Or? Yeah, so we just get a, a quick little jobber squash with, with Perfect. Um, really nothing. I think it was like a little over a minute. It was really it's so nothing. quick, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was really nothing there. Um, just keeping Perfect strong, I guess, with the they, – they, they brought out, you know, Bam Bam and Perfect, so they – they recap Razor, so they're keeping all the guys that Brett beat in the King of the Ring kind of fresh still, like not to not to bury them because they lost. So I think that was done on purpose. Um, but you know, nothing nothing really impactful here with Perfect. Yeah, the only thing they mentioned during it that Bret Hart's going to be around next for next uh, for next week for an interview. So right. and they were picking on on Lawler for that, right? Saying, "Hey, he's going to come after you." So you know. It, it, a good ending match. Perfect's the guy that's always over. The crowd was definitely, the crowd's over for him. He wins quickly, and then uh, they're able to kind of at least like shoehorn in like what's coming up next week. So you know, a decent ending. Not nothing great, but um, probably probably more effective to add on the Bam Bam thing. But mm-hmm. uh, this is this is fine. Perfect's a good enough guy. To, if you're gonna like want to see a guy like he gets you excited about things, even if he doesn't have anything going on, he's a guy that kind of gets gets the crowd going, or you know, you get excited about seeing. Uh, and so th- I think that's it. I- oh, oh no. no. Oh my God. We almost forgot. Oh no, man. There's two, there's forgot. two things here. Oh, I only uh, got one. So I'm, yeah. These, so, well, I'll, I'll cover this first one. You, you, right. you don't have the mean gene, right? I do not. Okay. I'll cover know. this okay. and then I'll let you take it. the last. Uh-huh. So, um, we get a face to face with money Inc. with mean gene. Um, just kind of like going over the title loss and, and I feel like DiBiase is like really full of energy here. And, and so is IRS. Like they both come off well and, I have not been an IRS or a Money Inc. guy, and I think they really come off good here. And I think maybe because they have like a good dance partner to work off with with the signers, like like people that are you know active and not Hulk and Brutus who aren't really going to be around. So yeah, I think they're like sinking their teeth into it. And um, I just thought it was a, a pretty good build for these two teams, or not both teams, but Money Inc. talking about the signers. So I think they did a quick little, a good little job in that segment. So. Just wanted to mention that, and I'll let you take this last uh, 
Yeah, I, see, I thought I, I think Bunning's been kind of surprising this. I think their '92 is so they're kind of rough in '92, but I feel like they were such dicks to Hogan, like mm-hmm. they were just kind of crapping on him. I like that part, and I like this with the Steiners of just like mocking them a little bit. So I, I think they've been pretty good, um, so I definitely enjoyed it. So then we go to our classic uh, debut or premiere of the Jim Duggan USA video, back from old school place to be nation. Uh, fame of uh every time a a uh Duggan match came on uh JT nonstop playing it for for Mr. Scott's uh yes. number Mr. Scott's number one uh fanboy uh Jim Duggan. So <laughs> just random and like I kinda thought Duggan was done but now they're busting out a, a music video for him. Um it, it's a class all time classic video that I will probably hopefully find and, and put the end of this episode. Uh, the beat people up kills me every time. So, uh, God, great TV. I, I just wrote this offends me. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I when I when I first saw this, I did not want to be American anymore, and I didn't want to listen to music anymore. When I first saw this, I was like, "What the fuck are they doing? This like montage, like so serious, depressing to this like upbeat like yeah USA, you, like, like what are they doing like i don't i don't get it so um it's hilarious though like it's it's so corny and cheesy that it's good like yeah to, to have hacksaw be the guy in this video is the most yeah. random thing you know it's just it, so crazy and him like uh quote unquote singing and the singing for it is amazing right too. like it's just like perfect, like his speech in it, the beat people up. Oh, what is like two boys, his just, boots? Yeah, <laughs> just everything about it is just, it's just great. And again, you just have flashbacks to the early years of the place to be, of just Scott losing his mind as Justin would just crank up the volume. So yes. uh, it, was, it was great thing. I would never thought this would have happened in June of 93. Like, I would have thought they, you know, I would have thought this would have been way earlier if they would have done a video like this or just right. like shoved it. Because I think it's on a music video or a CD compilation, but it's so weird. Like, here's the premiere of Duggan, and, like, I don't think we'll see Duggan again. So, like, this is his go- goodbye to WWF till whatever, 2007. This is, this, this is his goodbye. So, oh, I had a great, yeah. great segment to end on. So. so random, too. Yeah. All right, so we get to our awards. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, most new gen outfits. Uh, I'm gonna go with L.A. Gore, looking like uh, oh. like '80s DDP. That's what I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna go with. LA yeah, Gore. he's heavily, definitely curly mullet. I'm gonna go with Meta Mission, rapping in the uh, streets uh, yes. for their their outfits, uh, especially Oscars. There's just so much purple. Right. Uh, most new gen performer. I'm gonna. This one's a little rough. I'm gonna go with Kid because he's. A lot more upbeat and you know fast paced and bringing something different than uh, what everybody else on the roster is. So I'm gonna go with one, two, three, kid. I know we hate doing the same person, but I feel like I gotta do the same thing. I feel like he was just so so different, and the crowd just had a different environment, a different yeah. attitude for him. Like he he's been MVP a couple he's times. Awesome. Yeah, he's awesome, and I I, I hope I, like what I just don't remember like when he kind of falls off a little bit, but like I feel like he's this. This like awesome for a while, right? Like oh, um, at least through at least through ninety four because he has the awesome match with Brad, awesome match right. with Owen. Well, when, I, I love him winning the tag team titles with, uh, with Marty. Bob like Bob. I love the yep. team. 
or he wins it this time. I think he wins with Marty. I don't know all yeah. the spoilers right now. Sorry for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think he's got both of those, right? He's got one with Marty yep. and then one with Bob Holly. Like those are those are teams I like loved, right? Yep. Like so, uh, wonder when he kind of falls off, or if he does. Like if he, you know, he gets he gets, you know, X Pac heat or you know things like right. that that people don't like him. But like man, right now he's he's awesome. I, lo- I love him. Yeah. Uh, worst worst match or segments. Oh, that's got to be Virgil and Bastion Booger. Uh, Vir- Virgil and Bastion Booger 1 or 2, which one are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go with the <laughs> first one because I let Virgil win. All right, then I'll go with number 2. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the best match or segments? Um, Some good choices here, I think. Yeah, like, like, I think the obvious choice is Doink versus Martin 2 out of 3 falls, but... I'm actually going to go with Bam Bam and Luna because it sets up um, something good for the future, and it kind of came out of nowhere for me. So, while while I think the best match was Doink and Marty, I think the best, like if I were just to say the best few minutes or whatever, um, I'm going to go Bam Bam and Luna. Good. I'm actually going to go the first Doink versus Marty match, uh, even though I think the two out threes is probably better. I I kind of like that just as a surprise. Like mm-hmm. I knew that match happened, but. I thought it was pretty good for the first time through. The double countout makes no sense, but um, right. I thought just as like my first time watching something, I was like, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Uh, I probably watched it two or three times just to like kind of watch it a little more intensely. But uh, I, I like that one a lot, so I'm gonna go with that one. Uh, let's go stock up. For me, it's uh, actually Money Inc. because I didn't like them at all. Like I haven't liked anything they've done, and, and I think they're. You know, with this feud with the Steiners, are kind of reinvigorated in my eyes. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna go to stock up with the Steiners. I thought winning the titles, kind of something different, even though it's kind of the way they did it. Maybe execution one, but like I thought them coming out on Raw and come with the huge pop with the title belts. I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to them uh, as, as stock up. Okay. And then stock down. Um, nothing. There was nothing really like too bad on here. I'm, I'm just gonna go with Tatanka because he's not really. In anything, I, I think I've picked him a few times, and it just kind of speaks to how stale he is right now in my eyes. Yeah, that's a guy I like. I'm gonna go to Booger for losing on his debut, which I don't <laughs> know how many times. I don't know how many times that's happened to like. I don't want to say a name guy, but like, you know, a guy they brought in from like a different thing. He wasn't like a call up, right? Like he's right. a known wrestler from like other territories and just jobbed out to Virgil. And I yeah, actually, that was so weird. Yeah, I actually don't mind Virgil as much. Like, I think he gets too bad of a rap at times, but mm-hmm. he's still not an A plus player, and he's you're losing your debut to Virgil, who hasn't been on pay per view in months. So, rough, rough, rough day for Booger. So, and I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually agree on your Tatanka. I think that's a, a good pick uh, for for stock being up, especially as he's still running the kind of undefeated streak, right? Like, right. it's like they're trying to kind of play that up a little bit, but he just hasn't been involved in much well there's nothing like like the wrestler himself i like like i like Tatanka. it's just they're not giving him anything yeah it's just right the same squats match he's done you know 20 times now it's you know there's nothing really there yep agreed all right so a uh, couple couple fun couple fun raws uh some okay superstars but you know good build they had some good segments in those superstars um what was interesting we didn't really talk about it all is they didn't really mention SummerSlam. Um, so, yeah. you know, they talk a lot about the Intrepid, which is kind of the next event coming up that they're going to have the body slam challenge, but nothing on SummerSlam. So I think one of the next couple of weeks, if we're going to get a kind of a switch to flipping on to, to SummerSlam and start building 
uh, to those matches because, like, right now I wouldn't know what the card would be. Like, maybe we could talk about that next time of, like, hey, what do we think SummerSlam's card should okay. be based upon what it is uh, right now? Because I think that you, you would never expect a lot of the matches you, you end up getting on there. Oh, no, you know, no, you no. think. Yeah. So I think let's, let's, let's talk about that next time to see maybe if the build starts coming up or, you know, you know they've had this now pay-per-view in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, and it still hasn't kind of got us to SummerSlam yet. So as much as we love King of the Ring, there still feels like they need – Maybe another pay-per-view or just need to start building the feuds for SummerSlam a little quicker. So right. uh, so we'll be back, for I think, next time for two Raws and two Superstars and, and keep moving on along the summer and then uh, up to the Intrepid and then on to SummerSlam, which I'm pumped for covering because I was so excited about that, that pay-per-view back in the day. So good stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, right. for listening. USA! USA!